the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Insightful. Informative. Irreverent. We're ready. 1220 KDOW presents Rob Black and Your Money. Your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finance, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800-516-1220. So call in. We'll chat and uh, have some fun. Now to start your day with the latest news and market commentary. Here's Rob Black on the Bay Area's business leader, 1220 KDOW. Welcome in, Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black, talking money, investing, and more. Bull market turns eight years old. Something that concerns me, though, is where do we go now? Not what have you done for me. Lately, it's where do we go next? Um, eight years has been pretty good. Bucking bulls and uh, cowboys and riders... You have to last on a bull for like eight seconds to be kind of like a god in the world of rodeo. Wall Street stock market, it's been very bullish. Uh, and it's been pretty easy to hang on and enjoy an eight-year up run. Second longest bull market in the history of the United States. It's quadrupled the value of the S&P 500 in that eight-year period. Uh... Its strength has also caused valuations for stocks to swell nearly 30% higher than historical averages. We're expensive. And, I don't know, maybe if you were to say, I'd pay a premium for a 20-year-old sprinter. I'd pay a premium for a 30-year-old premium sprinter with, you know, a good track record. But at some point in time, you're going to say, I'd pay a premium for a sprinter who's 50? Like, we're 8 years old. We're an old bull market. And bull markets turn to bear markets. Um, sometimes it's painfully slow, and sometimes it's 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 brutally fast. So, bull market began essentially March ninth, two thousand nine, when I was a young lad. Okay, I wasn't that young of a lad, but the worst stock plunge had hit the market since the Great Depression. It was pretty rough out there. Now again. Let's go Great Depression. Let's go back, roughly call, 90-year history now. And what are we talking about here? Two massive plunges and a lot of mini plunges along the way. Not too shabby. So the Great Depression, um, and then we had the Great Job Recession. Um, It was nurtured by the nation's central bank, which powered 
it with steroid-like stimulus injections of super low interest rates helped people borrow money. Along the way, you also had the federal government bailing out some autos, helping out the banks. But it's been a low-cost money type of run. We've avoided obstacles ranging from debt crises in Europe to hurricanes to terror attacks. We've persisted through some wars in Syria, in Iraq. We've done well, all things considered, in face of a maniacal Kim Il-jong-un. I don't know if he's maniacal, but he's certainly not stable, right? So we've seen our credit rating downgraded. Um, You've seen a lot of political scares. Um, And the Federal Reserve, you know, did their job. They kept interest rates low. Now, slowly but surely, they're raising them. So, as of last Friday, the S&P 500, the index had climbed 254% since March 2009. That put it within striking distance of its third best performing bull market which ended in 1956 after going up 266%. So this is one of the most glorious periods we're going to ever have in investing, and I hope you've taken advantage of it. We've seen companies like Alaska Air up 2,600% in that period of time. Now, whoa, like you're like Alaska Air. Wyndham Hotels up 2,500%. Netflix, up 2,400%. The biggest winner I could find out there is Insight Pharmaceuticals, up 6,500%. Now, there's been some losers as well. First, solar. America's just not ready for solar, or some solar companies have come out a little too soon and a little too aggressive. Um, You've seen Staples be a disaster in that period, down 39%. Um, Southwestern Energy down 74%. So now Southwestern Energy, let's just kick that one out and focus on like the the names like a First Solar and a Staples and Frontier Communications. Staples being a big office player, right? A big office retailer. Retailers are taking it tough right now. And one of the things out there is Amazon, right? Well, the CFO of Macy's came out and talked about Amazon and said it's easy to you know source blame on Amazon. Uh, she said the problem is the biggest threat to my company Macy's has been off price. So as Macy's and JCPenney's remove hundred or more stores from their fleets, companies like TJ Maxx, Burlington, and Ross they're expanding stores. We better go to Ross. Uh, most annoying commercial of all time. We're definitely going to Ross. The mom and the daughter talking about what we're going to get dad for Father's Day. Do you want to get him a tie? Got to go to Ross. How about a new shirt? We're going to Ross. Socks? We're definitely going to Ross. And that's the kid. Holy mackerel. The vocal fry on that kid is woohoo. So... Um, the big challenge isn't necessarily Amazon always, so you have to kind of like watch yourself. You better watch yourself before you wreck yourself. That's what uh my friends in the ghetto always tell me. So, and you're, I know you're saying you don't have friends in the ghetto. I don't. So, 
I'm so, what is the word, um, protected? Uh, I live in a fake, 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 fake world. So, anyway, the bull market is getting super old. And historically, it's, it's only done a little bit better once. Twice. So, I'm not going to say don't look a gift horse in the face. For the record, exactly what does a gift horse look like? So, I, I can recognize it. Does a gift horse kind of look like Sarah Jessica Parker? <laughs> it does. So if you ever see Sarah Jessica Parker, you know that's your gift horse, and you should probably look away. Don't check yourself Sarah before Jessica you wreck yourself in the face. So, um, so the case for stock prices going higher. It, it, it's there's a case, and you're like, okay, we see this Donald Trump fella. He's in yellow. Come sit next to me, fine fella. Um, he's talking about a trillion dollar investment in infrastructure. You know what we need in infrastructure? Four trillion dollars. Eh, that's not good. So a lot of future spending is going to be sucked up by something, right? Um, so anyway, uh, second thought there is lower interest, lower taxes, and some tax reform. Some job stimulus will come from the infrastructure, sure, but tax cuts, uh, you're not going to get a lot of bang for your buck there on job creation. So the second longest bull market in history. Congratulations. Or third longest bull uh, market. Man, oh man. I know you're saying, did you have a stroke? I promise if I have a stroke, I'll do it on air, okay? So oil prices have been a little bit of a drag recently. Mario Draghi has basically said, he's the ECB bank president, He's come out and said, you know, uh, policy rates unchanged. There appears to be a measure of relief in the understanding of the directive. Um, so he, too, is starting to set up for higher interest rates down the road. You know what causes bull markets to die? Higher interest rates. That's something I'm going to keep an eyeball on. Now, again, we're far away from seeing anything close to a, a, a warning. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. Enjoy the bull market. But you held your course to some distant war in the corners of your mind. From the second time around, the only love I ever found. Oh, Angela, it's a long time coming. Call Rob Black now. 800 516 1220. That's 800 516 1220. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. Your fingers in this. Did you hear the notes? All those static codes in the radio. Strangers in this town. They raise you up just to cut you down. Luminaires. is playing a 25th anniversary of Joshua Tree concert series this year. One of the bands they're bringing along with them is the Lumineers. Uh, 
I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money invested, and more. Anything you want to talk about, or you can talk about. Borrowers are rushing to beat rising rates, pushing mortgage volumes 3.3% higher. Um, there's no secret that I've got a little extra cash laying around. Um, I've got a little extra cash laying around. And one of the things I want to do is kind of get that vacation home and or get that retirement home funded. And one of the things I want to do is, you know, maybe Airbnb it, maybe uh, send it out to friends. I, I'm not exactly 100% sure, right? So I'm playing with a concept in my head, and uh, mortgage rates are moving higher. To me, it's probably more important to make a move sooner rather than later, because I think mortgage rates and rock, scissors, paper, stone trump real estate prices. Of course, you don't want to overpay for the, the the location, but if you can get a 15-year, 30-year mortgage, you know, a quarter of a point, half a point cheaper, that adds up. So that's something to think about. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Happy eight, oops, happy nine-year-old bull market. Eight-year-old. Good God, what's wrong with me today? So... I'm thinking about eight-year-old children, and I'm like, happy birthday to you. So, uh, worthy of note. So, 800-516-1220. Well, we're talking interest rates. Let's bring in Tony Mendez, BayAreaLoanSource.com. Joining me now, mortgage lender, Tony Mendez, BayAreaLoanSource.com. It's BayAreaLoanSource.com. One of the standards, or one of the rules, I guess, tied towards getting a mortgage now is you have to be a quali- for it to be qualified. It can't be more than forty three percent of your debt to income ratio. Your right. debt to income ratio can't be greater than forty three percent. What's that mean? So, in January tenth, two thousand fourteen, the part of the Dodd Frank imp- implementation was something called qualified mortgages. Basically, lenders uh, will get federal uh, legal protection against lawsuits if they follow the qualified mortgage rule ability to pay, repay rules. Um, part of this um, this new law, uh, so to speak, and um, and it, what it does is limits the borrower's ability to borrow over a certain amount of their debt. So that forty three percent basically represents all of your debt on a monthly basis. Okay, so if you make ten thousand dollars a month, you can spend forty three hundred a month on all of your debt. It's interesting to note that when I was growing up, and I kind of hold these standards still to be fairly true, that you shouldn't spend more than 28 to 40% of your income on your housing. Right. Because taxes are going to take 15 to 20% of your income. Income tax is going to take another 10%. Social security tax is going to take 3 plus percent, 4 5%. It all adds up. And then you're left with how much can you really afford? It's somewhere between 28 and 40%. 40% you're stretching yourself, 28% you probably have a little bit more wiggle room in case you get in trouble and lose a job. I like rules like this because people could start saying, okay, there's my budget. If my budget is $100,000 a year, I can only afford 28 to 40000 If that's what's coming in, that's what can go out towards housing. Right. That's the basic idea. Another one that I like, and you can tell me if this is true or not, is two and a half times your income is what you could afford in a house. So if you make $100,000 a year, you could afford $250,000. It's a basic rule. Again, it doesn't take into cases low interest rates and some other scenarios, but I like it. Um, it shows people what you should be in, even though we all want a million-dollar house. We don't all make $400,000 a year. Right. 
So, and that's that 43% is the what they call the back-end ratio, or all of your debt. And they do set limits on your front-end ratio, which is just the new housing debt. And, of course, they don't factor in things like, they use gross income on W-2. So they don't factor in taxes and expenses of owning the house, maintenance, and so forth. So, and the lenders are, are, are honoring this for the most part. There are ways you can go over the 43% if you have a strong credit package, like better credit score, a lot more equity. Oh, I have a strong a credit lot, package. Uh, you know, a, a good income, so, solid job, and the type of property. There's, so you put the credit package together and you go higher. So lenders are able to go over it currently, mm-hmm. but, it, you know, it's it's all about, you know, looking at the future of why you want to own this house. And, you know, are you getting the good tax breaks? Is it working as far as, you you know, uh, are you going to have a kid? Do you have college to pay for and so on? Another rule that I kind of like, and you can tell me this, you get a good rate at 20% down, you get an okay rate at 10%, down, okay rate at 10%, good rate at 20%, great rate at 25%, really great rate at 30%. Is there some truth to that statement that Absolutely. the more you put down, the better rate you get? Absolutely. And again, it's part of your whole credit package and equity and credit scores. Oh, my credit package is good. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. Finish your thought. Uh, it's all about your credit package, and equity is one of the, the the better scenarios or the better factors that helps you get the lower rate and and uh, better pricing for that rate. Uh, not only that, better equity also helps you qualify for certain types of loans and certain types of properties. Uh, if it's an investment property, you want to put twenty five percent down as opposed to twenty. Uh, you get a huge t- uh, uh, benefit in rate, but it's 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 your whole package, and and it also helps you avoid mortgage insurance. And it's not you can get a great rate rate with FHA. As a matter of fact, better than you can get on a twenty five percent down conventional. But you have mortgage insurance, so it's a way of avoiding mortgage insurance as well and getting a good rate of return on the money you're putting into your house and making it work for you to the best of the ability. I was reading a home equity line of credit document. Did you know that banks typically put in language that they can cancel at any point of time? Absolutely. That has to be, like, shocking for some people because they don't expect that. They think I get a home equity line of credit. It's mine. I can do with it what I want, when I want, where I want, how I want. And you get a letter from the bank. There's no doubt that a lot of people back before 2007, 2008 did not read their note, their adjustable arm note, and they don't even know how they work. So it's important that you do understand those the terminology. Tony Mendez does show here on KDOW every Thursday evening from 6 to 7 p.m. Listen to it. You'll learn a lot about one of the most important financial decisions you'll make in your life. You can find Tony Mendez at BayAreaLoanSource.com. That's BayAreaLoanSource.com. You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW.
Black now. 800-516-1220. That's 800-516-1220. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. I don't get to talk about myself all that often, okay? <laughs> Maybe I do. Kind of a big deal. Friday, I'm actually going to be taking off. And the reason being is that I'm going to be flying to Southern California to talk to a group of teachers. Um, they're the new teachers. They're the young teachers. They're, uh, I'm not going to say they're inexperienced. They're just new. And one of the things I'm going to talk about is, like, you know, how to set up a budget. You could use a lot of good websites out there, LearnVest, Mint, uh, just to name a few. Why you want to do that. Why an iPhone is probably your biggest, you know, uh, barrier to retiring successfully uh, because it's discretionary and you have to learn the, the world difference between discretionary and, and needs and if I can go back in time I could look at my 20s and say I made a lot of financial mistakes probably number one was paying for other people now that sounds great I didn't have that kind of money and it wasn't other people it was women I had a self-image problem where I thought, you know, I had to impress women for them to love me. Funny wasn't good enough. Good job, good career, it was kind of okay. But I wasn't making six figures yet. And I'd fly down to see Peter Gabriel in Miami kind of thing. Woo! Front row seats. Um, And back then, you know, that was probably $1,200 total dollars. If I can go back in time, if I can turn back time, I miss Cher. So I'm pretty sure Cher's a vampire, right? Are you with me on that one? Uh, just if there if there are vampires, she's a vampire. Um. So anyway, uh, talking to teachers and kind of getting them on the right track and showing them how to do their 403B a little bit better than they've been doing their 403B. Uh, you have to save for retirement, and that's the number one biggest thing is, but I've got student debt. But you have to save for retirement. But I have student debt. But you also have an iPhone. Something's got to give. I know you're saying, you should write songs. If I could turn back time. Um, crude oil continues to tumble, stumble, and bumble. Um, higher U.S. inventories, of which the head of the EPA today said he doesn't think... Uh, He's having some problems with, how shall we say, global warming. He doesn't believe carbon monoxide is a bad thing, and that's a little worrisome. So, but I guess this is what we got. So, I'm going to invest with it. Instead of trying to fight it, I'm going to invest with it. Jobless claims today show strength in the labor market. That number is going to come out tomorrow, and we're going to start betting on the next rate hike. Because this rate hike is basically set in stone for the month of March. Let's bring in CFP Chad Burton talk a little financial planning with the one, the only Chad Burton. Joining me now, CFP Chad Burton. You can find him at newfocusfinancial.com. It's newfocusfinancial.com. Best way to reduce shocks to a portfolio, both in retirement as well as in youth. Thoughts? Yeah, well, I mean... World events. Let's let's just look at the last decade. We've seen a tech bubble. 
And then we saw a real estate bubble, and now we're right in the middle of a debt bubble. We've seen Greece. We're dealing with issues of Spain and Italy now. Uh, what's next, Iran? I, I mean, think, I think it's gonna be Mr. Bubble. Mr. Bubble. I think he's making a resurgence, and people are gonna say the next bubble is Mr. Bubble. <laughs> All right. Well, let's just go with that. So the best way that I've seen to to reduce the shocks in overall portfolio is to stay diversified and rebalance often. Not sexy. No, no. Well, I mean, here's here's the deal, though. When when people come and talk about asset allocation, it can go into other levels. For example, in your bond portfolio, do you own not only corporate bonds, high yield bonds, government bonds in the form of tips? Um, you know, also international bonds. I mean, if you're earning, if the dollar falls, for example, let's say inflation is a shock or a falling dollar is a shock to the overall market. If you're earning interest in other currencies and foreign bonds, that's a good hedge against the dollar. But the best way to do it is to make sure you have emergency reserves. And when you're, you know, young and working at six to 12 months of your family's expenses in cash. So if you need, you know, $4,000 a month to keep the lights on and the food on the table in your house, you need six times that a minimum in cash. Can you put that in muni bonds? No. Because I get that question all the time, people who want to use their cash to get higher returns. Now, potentially, I mean, there's, there's you know, California tax-free money market accounts, and that's okay. You've saw, you've seen issues, though, where that has you know, had issues of, of returns. You saw a couple of money market funds break the buck in 2008 and nine. That's a, um, that's a phrase just to let people know that we never thought the, the buck could be broken. Right, because most money market shares trade at a dollar a share all the time. And the institution never wants to give you 99 cents back because that would be shameful for them. Well, and uh, most money market funds are costing mutual fund families money now to keep them at a dollar. Gotcha. Because you can't hunt for yield. They were hunting for yield in European bank paper, and they're pretty much out of it at this point. So it's harder to even keep you know, their interest rates above zero. But with that said, it's, you know, when you're in retirement or close to retirement, you need three years worth of your portfolio draws in cash because world events will occur. Seven out of 10 years are positive, three out of 10 years are negative. To get through those negative years in the market when you can't rebalance your portfolio and peel off gains because there aren't any, right. you've got to have the cash to live off of. If you look at your portfolio over all of the last three bubbles that we've had, balanced portfolios have averaged over 6% unless you drew on them when they were down. In that case, you're way behind. So to, to ward that off, you've got to invest the right way in asset allocation, have different asset classes that are doing well um, when the stock market isn't, and you've got to have cash for when everything is doing poorly. Like 2009, asset allocation, everything fell off a cliff. Even gold fell off a cliff in a really ugly time because hedge funds were having to sell it to meet redemptions. Okay, let's ask. Let me ask some questions and you, short answers. Okay. Okay. At this moment in time, do you own corporate bonds? Yes. At this moment in time, do you own high yield bonds? Yes. At this moment in time, do you own tips? Yes. Treasuries? Uh, yes. In the intermediate term, I'm not. I can't tell you if I will in 12 months. But how about right dividend now? achievers? Oh, majority of the stock portfolio. Okay. 100% of our individual stocks, dividend achievers, and a good portion of our balanced ETF no load fund portfolio is dividend achiever. And you know, like in a bullish market, that most of those are going to underperform the bullish stocks, but yet you still have to do it. And in a bearish market, those are going to save you. you well, the, you or see, am here's, I oversimplifying? You're oversimplifying because I think actually in a dividend achiever, um, well, not okay. just dividend paying stocks, those have underperformed a bull market. Dividend achievers are growing companies that still pay a dividend. So the yield isn't as high, but their growth, you, you look for growth there too. 
but where they get you know in a dividend achiever where you 2009 for example the income in the stock portfolio still went up even though the overall market was down yep. because you're divid- you're buying companies that raise their dividend so between your 3 years worth of expenses in cash and your dividends that come in on a quarterly basis you've got that hedge i mean the way that i do it is i'm always at least hedging you know 5 to 7 years worth of income so i know i don't have to sell anything if we go through a period of like 2000 when the market topped out tanked down to 2003, and then recovered by 2007. I want to be able to get people through those types of periods because they're going to be retired from 65 to 100. Okay. Probably what I should have said is that sometimes these basket of income producers make us feel like I wish the money was elsewhere. In hindsight, I wish I had it all at Apple. Mm -hmm. But you just can't do it. No. Asset allocation, you're going to have to realize that when the market is a 100% bull market, um, you will underperform a little bit because your bonds won't be keeping up with the the stocks. Your, uh, you know, your your emerging markets tend to fall more than the S and P 500 in a na- in a negative year, but they tend to do better in a in a good year. So it it's it all rotates. It all reverts to the mean. Talking best ways to reduce shocks in a portfolio in retirement. It's CFP Chad Burton. You can find him at law online chadburton.com. That's chadburton.com or his company, newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. He and I do seminars around the Bay Area all the time. You can come out and meet him. He's a good guy. I think you'll grow to like him. So remember that first time you saw Cher on a battleship? And she's um, scantily clad, and she's older than your mother. And she's got her legs around a cannon. If I could turn back time. You can't. You can't unsee that, right? Now, with that said, the bull market's eight years old. Happy birthday to the bull market. And you can't turn back time. But for those of you who weren't in the market for the last eight years, you're losers. It's been the third best bull market of all time. So, I don't know how the two are working together, but that's my theme of the day. I know you're saying, Rob, you're big into hidden themes that are terribly not obvious. Um, But the line, words are like weapons, they wound sometimes. I didn't really mean to hurt you. I didn't want to see you go. I know I made you cry, but Berber, if I can turn back down, Berber. So when I called you a loser for not being in the bull market in the last eight years... It's just words, and they're just weapons that wound sometimes. I'm really just trying to teach you. You couldn't predict this stuff, and that's the beauty of investing is it goes up 7 out of 10 years. Your odds of of winning a scratcher today, not 7 out of 10. Your odds of eating fast food, much, much lower than you're winning on Wall Street. Your odds of dying before the age of 60, I, I, I don't know. But one of the best sets of odds in the world is investing. It goes up 7 out of 10 years. Um, I would be an investor if I were you. If you've got 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 year time frame. Especially if you've got a 50 year time frame. Hold a mackerel. Because if you had a 50 year time frame, that basically means share would be... If you started 50 years ago, she was what, like 70 then? I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more.
800-516-1220. That's 800-516-1220. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. I'm Rob Black, talking money, investing, and more. Thanks for listening to the show. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about. We can talk about the loser that is Radio Shack, filing for bankruptcy a second time. Do you remember going to Radio Shack as a kid? It was kind of cool. And I don't know what killed it. It had to probably be that they had just bad inventory. Um, the fact they didn't ever really kind of owned the whole computer buying experience. Maybe Dell, you could say. Um, maybe it was Best Buy. Maybe it was, you know, companies like Sprint and Verizon opening up their own uh, retail stores. But you can just feel kind of bad for it. And again, it's one of those companies that you start thinking about and you're like, things have changed, right? Um, and it's important to note that and the reason I say it's important to note that is I don't want you ever to get so confident that you can't say, I should take some money off the table of the stock. Let's go to a phone call. Let's see. Chris in Santa Clara. How are you, Chris? Uh, fine. Thank you, Rob. How are you? I'm okay. Thanks for asking. Hey, uh, Rob, I'm kind of embarrassed to admit this, but it's the truth. Uh, I'm 40 years old and haven't started saving for retirement. And I always, uh-huh. always hear your show, so I know what your take is. Um, yep. But is it too late for someone like me to get started investing? I don't have a employer option, so I was thinking like a Roth IRA. And I think that's a great idea. Say I have a 10 to 20-year time frame. Is, is it a good idea uh-huh. to invest still? I think, honestly, you're going to probably have to say I have a 10 to 20-year time frame, but maybe it'll actually have to be 30 or 40. Yeah, I'm just And what I mean by that... Yeah, you're thinking best case. You're just thinking 10 to 20 years, and you have nothing saved. Um, I think what you're going to want, and thanks for the call, is you've already been honest about it, and you realize you made a bit of a mistake. I don't know your ability to save. So first and foremost, start with a budget. Second, um, look at that budget and figure out if you have a problem. Uh, do you have a problem with drinking? You know, that's a very expensive problem. Uh, um, let's say you go six months on just water. That's going to save you a ton of money. Let's say you have a problem with restaurants or going to sporting events. You're going to have to go a little bit cold turkey. At age 40 with nothing, there's a very good chance you're going to work till the day you die. Uh, unless you've got some sort of plan like I'm going to li- move to Brazil when I'm you know, in retirement, and my uncle's going to take care of me. I don't know. Um, there's something going on there as far as, you know, you fessing up. I think you're in the right place at the right time. Um, I think you want two to six months of emergency money so that when you do start saving money that in your Roth, you don't go one day, oh, I need to go on vacation. I'm going to ca- cash out of my Facebook investment. I'm going to cash out of my Apple investment. I need you in that investment for better for worse is what I'm getting at. Um, you know, honestly, it's, it's going to depend on how much you can sock away. Uh, if you could do it in 10 or 20 years. For me, if I were in your situation, I'd probably be saying things like, uh, I'm probably going to work longer than I expect. You know, so instead of retiring at 60, because you said you're 40, I'm going to probably retire when I'm closer to 70. That will allow you to get more bang for your buck with uh, Social Security. And that's a good thing. 
Um, I would think, you know, maybe this is going to sound really odd, but you start need to start thinking outside the box a little bit. And what I mean by that is there's a painter out there like Shag. His name's Josh Agel, S-H-A-G. If I didn't save enough for retirement, I remember back in the day, if you go jump on eBay right now, people will paint paintings that look like Shag paintings, or Shag is known for his kind of retro tiki painting style, and they'll sell them on eBay for 20, 30 bucks. That's not a bad living. There was a period of time where I didn't know my future and, you know, I was selling cassette tapes. Um, you're going to have to start thinking like that. And the longer you can continue to work, the less, the more you can let that money that you do save in the Roth double every 7.2 years. So I think it's going to be real important that you get that, get to there. Um, I would take on a second job if you can. If you could do something like, and again, I have friends that do this. I've got a friend who's a lawyer in San Francisco, and at 5 o'clock, he's like, I'm not driving back over the Bay Bridge. So he drives around for Uber for two or three hours, gets to know some people, makes a little bit of money. I don't think he's really doing it for the money. I think he's doing it to kill time, but he's making a little bit of money. Um, I would immediately start looking at downsizing your cost of living. So if you're like mini in the Bay Area, and you're spending 50% of your rent is your paycheck, you got to leave. Uh, I was talking to a Lyft driver the other day, and, go, and it was kind of funny because he was, he was pretty, 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 um, what am I going to say, without offending people. He had a very strong foreign accent. And uh, I said, so you know, where are you from? He goes, Oklahoma City. I'm like, oh, God, that's funny. Um, and he was talking about Oklahoma City, and Oklahoma City is, I would never want to live there. But I would live there if I were in your situation because it's got a much lower cost of living. And a plumber in San Francisco, you're not going to make it. A plumber in Oklahoma City, you're going to make it. So, you still there? Let's see if he's still on the line. You would listen. Has has anything I said resonated, or do you have anything you want to add so I can add a little bit more color or depth? Um, no, it's it's helpful. I've I've heard you say those things in the past. Um, okay. I, I guess I have a fear that you know I open up a Roth and invest, and what happens if I lose most of my money? Yeah, thanks for the call. And I'm gonna, I've got less than a minute, so what I'm going to say on that is what if you lose money? Invest in the S&P 500, invest in the Russell 3000, invest in the Wilshire 5000. Go with an index approach. Don't go with a guy who goes, I'm behind the eight ball, and i got to invest in Snap. You don't want to take added risk. The S&P 500 was around when you were a little boy, and it was around when your dad was a little boy. You'll be fine. Um, in my opinion. Consult a worker advisor for taking action. Any stocks, any investment theories that I throw out there. But just plan to work till 70. And then you'll be dead 10 years later in theory. So you really only have to set up savings for 10 years. In that scenario. Just throwing it out there for you. I'm Rob Black. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.